Welcome to the Grace-Filled and Graceful podcast, where we go from chaos to confirmation, confusion to clarity, and self-conscious to confident when building your online business using your God-given strengths. I'm Jennifer Emanuel, and inside we're creating full-time fulfilling income in a way that feels great to our souls. Let's get started. Hey, it's Jen. Welcome to Grace-Filled and Graceful, where we are teaching we're coming alongside of, we are facilitating learning, we are encouraging, we are shepherding those of you that are building an online business to do it in a way that feels great to your soul, which means to uh, take your spiritual gifting, find out, like we're going to be doing today, some characteristics and some strengths of it, as well as some weaknesses, some things about your gifting that may trip you up, uh, and then provide that confirmation, the clarity on how exactly to do it based on your spiritual gifting and the confidence so that you can walk forth with this with this um, with your services to bless the body of Christ and to attract people to the body. Last week we covered uh, let's see we covered the perceiver and the server and this week we're going to be doing the biblical gifting of teacher and exhorter. I am taking everything from the book that I use as a reference in most cases, Discover Your God-Given Gifts by Don and Katie Fortune. And that, if you need a link to it, there'll be one in the show notes. And I want you to join us next week at this exact same time because I give a little call out to people that join us from all over the world. And we look forward to welcoming you. We are joined today by my kitty, if you can hear her purring. She says hello and Merry Christmas. Do you hear that? Oh, and she meowed. She's like, Mommy, stop touching me. See, the thing is I have a heater on my feet, and she thinks that's the uh, the best thing ever, and it's all about it when I am nice and warm over here in my, my little corner of the office. So let's get started. The characteristics of the teacher, the person with this gift, should be in some degree in the uh, area of teaching others. And this is one of my strengths. I, um, everybody in my family were teachers. I would say everybody, everybody on my mom's side, so my mother and all of her siblings. And my dad's side, there were some homeschoolers. My close family, there were some homeschoolers. And yeah, I'm, I'm basically surrounded by teachers. And although I enjoyed playing the role of a teacher when I was a kiddo, t- the idea of standing in front of a group of children just did not sound appealing to me. And then it was part of my growth uh, in corporate America when I first got out of college that I ended up in a teaching role for adults. And I thought that was just the best. And so I have gravitated to roles where I get to most of my time uh, be in a teaching capacity. And um, I definitely can see how it brings so many people so much joy. I really love teaching adults and I really love uh, teaching where I can be in my office with the microphone. Although I have gained some really great skills in public speaking and I'm not scared to do that, I still feel much more comfortable hanging out here with my with my purring cat and teaching uh, this way. Now, the authors of the book said that they were tempted to use the word researcher instead of teacher because they found that with many of the, with this gift, are especially drawn to fields of research. 
So they may not actually be in front of people teaching, but they get a lot of joy from the finding out of the ahas for themselves and then passing the ahas over to more people. Okay, so let's go through the characteristics here. Number one, they present truth in a logical, systematic way. Two, they validate truth by checking out the facts. Number three, they love to study and do research. Number four, enjoys the uh, word studies. They like learning about words and their meanings and where they came from. Number five, they prefer to use biblical illustrations rather than life illustrations. Number six, they get upset when scripture is used out of context. That yeah, I, I do I do get upset about that. Number seven, they feel concerned that truth be established in every situation. Number eight, they uh, are more objective than subjective. Nine, they easily develop and use a large vocabulary. Number ten, they emphasize facts and the accuracy of words. Eleven, they check out the source of knowledge of others who teach. Number 12, I do that. <laughs> I love to see. Yeah, I do that. Okay, number 12. Uh, prefers teaching believers to engaging in evan- evangelism. Okay, number 13. They feel Bible study is foundational for the operation of all the gifts. Number 14. They solve problems by starting with scriptural principles. Uh, number 15. They are an intellectually sharp 16, they are self-disciplined. 17, emotionally self-controlled. 18, they only select, they have only a select circle of friends. And 19, has strong convictions and opinions based on investigation of facts. And finally, 20, the characteristics of the teacher, believes truth has the interest, intrinsic power to produce change. Now, I mentioned last week that at the end of each of these little chapters, there are, it's not just a list. They go really in depth in each one of the numbers that I called out. And at the end, there is a little ranking scale so that you can see where you're high and low within this particular, um, this particular gifting. Then we'll move on to the problems of the teacher. Okay, here we go. Um, They tend to neglect the practical application of truth. So they believe that their job is to communicate the truth and let people make their own use of it, and they usually do not give much in the way of practical suggestions. Okay, number two, it's they're slow to accept viewpoints of others. Number three, they tend to develop pride in their intellectual ability. You can see how that would trip you up in using your spiritual gifting. Number four, they tend to be legalistic and dogmatic. I, when I see that in myself, I call that just stubborn. Okay, number five, it's easily sidetracked by new interests. Well, they love learning. And so there's so many fun things to learn that they are just um, easily distracted um, by that. All right, so I mentioned last week that at the end of the problem section, if you're looking at this book, there is an entire chapter that calls out um, exactly exact scriptures from the Bible so that you can see where there are biblical teachers um, and kind of um, feel like you are not alone. And in, if, you know, when we get to your spiritual gifting, there is that available in the book. All right, before we get into the second one of the day, the characteristics of the exhorter, I wanted to uh, invite you that if any of these things sound like you, um, feel free to email me or drop a comment um, associated with the with the podcast. Yes, she's still here with me. 
Or if you feel like maybe you've taken the assessment, you feel like you are one of the particular giftings and something just seems kind of crazy off to you, I'd love to know about that too. It'd be a great thing to, to chat about and um, to, to kind of go through together. All right, the second half of the podcast today, we're going to be talking about the characteristics of the exhorter. Real quick comment here. The teacher aims for your head and the exhorter aims for your heart. You can definitely see how all of these um, all of these gifts fit together in bringing the body of Christ together, that each one is important to the running of the body, literally and figuratively. Every one of the gifts can teach, but the exhorter makes the most interesting and palatable teacher. <laughs> This is the teacher that you really love in school, right? All of their efforts are geared toward edifying and encouraging other people. They could have been used the word encourager. The Greek word, I uh, will try to say this, paraklesis, paraklesis means a calling to one side to aid, denoting both the exhortation and the encouragement. All right, so let's get started on that list of characteristics of the exhorter. Number one, they love to encourage others to live victoriously. That immediately puts into mind um, people that I've met that are exhorters. Okay, number two, they want a visible response when teaching or speaking. So they want that interaction. So while I enjoy having the podcast and being able to teach on the podcast, the exhorter is going to be somebody that wants to either be in live in person with somebody while they're teaching uh, or, or, you know, using their spiritual gifting. They or that maybe they just love Zoom calls or um, FaceTiming. They 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 need to see your reaction. Okay, number three, they prefer to apply truth rather than research it. So while a teacher prefers more to research it than apply it, this particular gift holder is uh, prefers to apply the truth. Number four, they prefer systems of information that have practical applications. Number five, they love to prescribe precise steps of action to aid personal growth. So you can see why this person, if they have any type of a teaching capacity, how they would really do well at that. Number six, they focus on working with people. Number seven, they encourage others to develop in their personal ministries. Number eight, they find truth in experience and then validate it with scripture. Number nine, they love to do personal counseling. So. This particular person may be a teacher of sorts through the counseling profession. Okay, number 10, they'll discontinue personal counseling if no effort to change is seen. So they only, they really love working with people who want to change. They don't want to be talking to a brick wall. Okay, um, number 11, they are fluent in communication. And this particular person is reminding me of somebody from our uh, Success DNA leadership information that I share as part of the Answering the Call program where I have gotten the certification for, I've gotten licensing to use this Success DNA program um, to help online business owners and their leadership qualities. And so this reminds me of one of the um, SDNA archetypes, which is a developer. All right, number 12, they view trials as opportunities to produce personal growth. Number 13, they accept people as they are without judging them. 
Number 14 is greatly loved because of their positive attitude. Number 15, they prefer to witness with life rather than verbally witnessing. Number 16, they make decisions easily. Number 17, they always complete what they start. Number 18, they want to clear up problems with others quickly. Number 19, they expect a lot out of others. And finally, number 20, they need a sounding board for bouncing off ideas and thoughts. Now we're going to move on. Moving on to the problems of the exhorter. So every, everybody has the gifting. This, uh, some things that about, about us will trip us up a little bit, right? So uh, to be aware of the problems or the things that will trip us up is going to help us most of all. So when we start to see or feel some of these things, we can realign ourselves. All right. Number one, they tend to interrupt others because they're so eager to give their opinions or advice. Number two, they will use scripture out of context in order to make a point. Okay, number three, they may be cut and dried in the prescribing steps of action. And a little side note for that one, it says that it's important for the exhorter to consistently rely on the Holy Spirit. So don't get so used to having something work when you're helping somebody that is just going to be your go-to always. We have to stay connected with the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit wants us to advise, advise the other person on. Otherwise, they can develop a cocky, I know it, what to do in every situation mentality, which isn't going to attract people like light and salt. Okay, number four, they're outspokenly opinionated. And number five, they can become overly self-confident. We are wrapping up today's podcast. Next week, we are going to be doing the characteristics of the giver and the administrator. Okay, I am going to do an extra one this week so that we can wrap up next week. So we can be ready for the next thing come January. So let's go into the characteristics of the giver. And this is interesting because of all of the seven motivational gifts, this is the one that's least likely to be identified by the one who has it. Part of the reason may be that the giver's left hand does not know when his right hand gives alms. That's actually from the Bible, Matthew 6, 3. Now, the giver shares several traits with the server or can be a leader or a follower. And like the perceiver and the teacher has a love for the word of God. But when it comes to the use of resources, the giver is unique. The Greek word is, I'll try this, metadidomi, distinctly from didomi, to give, meaning to give over, share, or impart, and it's to be done with simplicity, sincerity, and liberality. Okay, here we go. Characteristics of the giver. They give freely of money, possessions, time, energy, and love. Number two, they love to give without others knowing it. They want to feel a part, this is number three, of the ministries to which they contribute. They intercede for needs and the salvation of souls. Number five, they feel delighted when their gift is an answer to a specific prayer. Number six, they want gifts to be of high quality and craftsmanship. Number seven, they give only by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Number eight, they give to support and bless others or to advance a ministry. Number nine, they view hospitality as an opportunity to give. Number 10, they handle finances with wisdom and frugality. Number 11, they quickly volunteer to help where there is a need. 
Number 12, they seek confirmation in the amount to give. 13, all right, number 13 is has strong belief in tithing and in giving in addition to tithing. Number 14, they focus on sharing the gospel. 15, they believe God is the source of his supply. Oh, they believe God is the source of the supply. The giver believes that God is the source of the giver's supply. Number 16, they are very industrious with a tendency toward success. Number 17, they have natural and effective business ability. Okay, so a lot of... uh, a lot of us entrepreneurs may be, this might be your gift. 18, they like to get the best value for the money spent. 19, they're definitely not gullible. <laughs> That's good. Number 20, they possess both natural and God-given wisdom. So those are the characteristics of the giver. Let's dive into the problems, something that might trip up a giver. And it's funny, the book says that, quite frankly, we find that givers don't have significant problem areas as frequently as the other motivational gifts, but we do list below the five that occur occasionally. That's good to know, right? It seems like the givers wrestle mainly with the types of problems that all of us have, such as pride or lukewarmness. All right, problem number one, they may try to control how contributions are used. Okay, so some controlling. Number two, they tend to pressure others to give. Okay, number three, They may upset family and friends with unpredictable patterns of giving. Number four, they tend to spoil our children or other relatives. Sorry, they tend to spoil their they tend to spoil their children or other relatives. All right, and finally, may they may use financial giving to get out of other responsibilities. Okay, next week we will wrap this up, this part of our study of um, spiritual strengths. And so with the characteristic of the um, characteristics and problems of the administrator, which is basically the word they use for leader, uh, compassion person. And then the other one the, to finish next week is going to be the compassion person. So I, this is to you having a Merry Christmas and enjoying every moment of the celebration uh, surrounded by those people that you love. And Merry Christmas to you and your family. And we'll see you next week.